0: The Boardroom Surfboard Show, it is happening September 26th and 27th in Del Mar as we honor icon of foam Pat Rawson. Presented by U.S. Blanks, the Boardroom Surfboard Show, September 26th and 27th in Del Mar. And during this freaky time that we live, I'd like to ask all of you to visit your local surf shop online. Spend some money if you can, specifically here in San Diego, Bird Shed, Hanson Surfboards, Surf Ride in Solana Beach or Oceanside, Mitch's Surf Shop in La Jolla or Solana Beach, Encinita Surfboards, Bing Surf Shop, Seaweed and Gravel, the PB Surf Shop, San Diego, Rusty Del Mar, Patagonia. The list is long. I know I've missed many fine other retail establishments around here, but please visit the one that's near you. Spend a little money if you can, maybe buy a leash or some fins or a new board. Speaking of online, need essentials, wetsuits, and gear. Do a Google search for need essentials. I use need essentials gear full suits, spring suits, board shorts, puffy jacket, wet and dry bag. We've got it all here at this household, com. The wave pool landscape is ever-changing. It's fluid, pun intended. Prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, a flood of information was coming our way. In late February, just six weeks ago, Kelly Slater and the KS Wave Company dropped the news that they were in partnership with Michael Schwab to develop a Coachella Valley resort set at the base of Coral Mountain with a dedicated 18 million-gallon wave pool as well as a 150-room luxury hotel, 600 private residences, dining venues, and adventure sports. You can go ahead and sign me up. With other wave pools coming online or going through the permitting process, I thought it'd be wise to try and capture a snapshot of what was, what is, and what will be in the wave pool industry. On this episode of the Boardroom Podcast, I'm joined by a good friend and the publisher of WavePool Mag, a go-to digital source for the WavePool industry, Mr. Brian Dickerson. Let us begin. Oh, Brian Dickerson! Welcome to the Boardroom Podcast. Uh, Brian, you are the executive director of Wavepool Magazine. Did you see how I just made you? I gave you a new title. <laughs>
1: you did. Um, that's impressive. Thank you.
0: What exactly is your uh, what official title? What do you uh, call yourself over there at Wavepool Magazine?
1: Uh, well, I have a few now. I have uh, your new title. So, uh, publisher, editor in chief, head writer. Um, All all of those, industry editor, so uh, basically it's, uh, you know, me running it with uh, a few contributors, so uh, I can pretty much make up any title I want, which uh, is something I've always wanted to do.
0: Yeah, well, I am an entrepreneur such as you, so I also take the title of janitor quite often.
1: (laughs) I know. it's uh, Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot we uh, don't talk about on LinkedIn related to uh, entrepreneurial enterprises. And uh, yeah, that would be one.
0: You well, you and I, we've known each other for a long time um, Yeah. back when I I was an editor at Surfer magazine and you were an editor at Surfer's Village. So I thought it'd be good to give the listeners a little bit insight into our relationship. Um, and and maybe you can start by telling me what it was and when you started over at Surfer's Village.
1: Um, yeah, Surfer's Village, I, I started there in uh, 2006. And uh, I was living over here in France where I'm living now. And uh, met a man named Bruce Boll and started uploading content uh, to the website prior to that it was uh, I was a managing editor at a print publication so uh, there was a little bit of that um, you probably felt this going from at surfer going from print to to web at the time you know 14 years ago you're like oh, it's it's not real journalism it's <laughs> it's digital and then uh, from there it kind of uh, went to Going from a uh, contributor uploading content to being the editor in chief, um, I think from 2010 on till about 2017 when uh, they went under. But in between that time, um, we were able to, to transform the website from basically what was Twitter, pre Twitter, just headlines and little blurbs of news, um, and, and make it more like an industry uh, resource, uh, contest results, uh, industry products coming out. And uh, a lot of people in the surf industry uh, used it and and valued it.
0: Yeah, and I was one of those. And I always appreciated what you and Bruce put together. And some people might not know this, but Bruce um, was the or is the father of a WCT surfer, Tim Ball, from Mm -hmm. England. Yeah. Yeah. And Tim made the tour
1: in, I believe, 2008, 2009, when it was kind of the, uh, there's a big Euro push. Uh, I think Marlon Lupe was on tour then, as well as um, a couple others. And uh, it, yeah, it was the big uh, Euro, Euro push at the time. And uh, Bruce had some great stories about, they lived on the Mediterranean for a while around uh, Nice, I believe. And uh, he, he would drive Tim around when Tim was a Grom and just, uh, search for surf all the time around the med, which can be mean, uh, many, many kilometers and uh, <laughs> hours past. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I was lucky enough to visit where you live, Brian, in Southern France, a few, I don't know. I want to say three or four years ago, maybe. And, um, and you live in an absolutely gorgeous location. I mean, You know, Southern France, it doesn't get much better than that as far as just um, sort of Europe, like all the great things about Europe sort of in one spot. And um, that includes surfing. So what's going on there right now in Southern France regarding surfing and COVID-19 and the coronavirus and the restrictions that are put upon surfers?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's... um... It, it's tough. We, we can't surf. Um, you know, Spain was on lockdown. There were all these great photos of uh, Mundaka with an empty lineup. And, um, you know, earlier today I tortured myself by looking at the cams. But there's, uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're all on lockdown here and just uh, waiting till, till we can surf again. The, it's been extended to May 11th. The uh, lockdown, so we're unable to surf until then. The I've been reading about the U.S. and it's um, it's difficult because because you guys aren't sure if uh, you can surf, if you can't, which counties are legal. Here, it's one uh, federal, you know, it's the the country of France that mandates what people are going to do in Paris, uh, in the southwest, and Pays Basque. So, um, it's a little easier to find guidelines, but, um, California seems, seems a little, uh, mix and match right now. What's happening in your, your side?
0: Well, yeah, it's pretty, everyone's pretty much, especially in Southern California, everyone's pretty much on lockdown, but I, Brian, I'm sort of interested in, in France because as you know, you, you were kind enough to guide me around when I was there and and you were very Mm -hmm. generous with your time and you took me all around and. And the thing about France, if you don't if listeners don't know, is that it's wide open space with beach break everywhere, and you can certainly find a corner all by yourself with for miles. Yeah. Um, which isn't the case here in Southern California. So how is it that that the lockdown is being enforced? Is it just everyone's in agreement that this thing is horrible and we all need to do this for the betterment of society? Or are are there uh, I'll say selfish surfers and that are finding some beach break moments all by themselves. Um,
1: you know, I'm I'm sure someone is. Uh, if someone lives out in uh, Leyland, uh, which is the the big rural area with the beach and the pine forest uh, north of Osager, Uh someone. Yeah, is definitely surfing, but the way they have it structured is they have the uh, gendarmes at every round point, which would be the equivalent of every major intersection in the U.S., and uh, you're allowed to go uh, one to two kilometers away from your house. Um, more if you have a special reason. So if you're driving with uh, surfboards, um, unless you're within a kilometer of the beach and you time it against the gendarmes, you aren't able to get in. Plus there's uh, pretty hefty, hefty fines. And generally I've, I've found living here that uh, French people uh, respect laws more than uh, Americans do. And I only say that because of, you know, it's a speaking as an American or kind of like cowboy attitude toward uh rules.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. You know, there there's that law. Oh, but that doesn't apply to me. I can do this. And right. um it's it it's a different um if it's a, it's a different setup here. And there are lots of the cultural nuances are more uh more subtle and and people tend to follow the rules more.
0: Well that's good insight and um I know that there. Gosh, when I was there, you and I got some really fun waves, and I, I just yeah, noticed. yeah, we did. <laughs> Big swaths of beach. So I imagine if you live right on the beach and the beach is within one to two kilometers of your home, you're allowed to surf. Is that the case, or is there are there um, police on the sand?
1: I I don't really know because I live a you know half hour drive from from the beach. But there were reports in the early days when this happened that uh, the, the police were looking up the surf cams and then uh, following, uh, going down and issuing citations and people got out. So, it, you know, it's, it's not a good time for surfing. You, you know and I know that, yes, it is possible to go surfing and not come into contact with another human, which, uh, you know, which is one of the reasons why we do it. Um, but that doesn't go uh, into line with the, uh, the law right now.
0: Yeah. Well, um, let's shift gears a little bit. It sounds like yeah. this COVID thing is, it is what it is. And we're all just being patient and doing the right thing, which is good. Um, but a- as the uh, publisher of Wavepool Magazine, I thought it'd be fun because I'm really intrigued and have been intrigued for years by the wave pool landscape and how it's unfolding and right now it seems to be going full blast although Mm -hmm. this this COVID-19 thing is probably going to put a hamper on some of it but I was hoping you could um, as sort of the expert in the space I was hoping that you could give me a little bit of background on the landscape the wave pool landscape Um, and maybe uh, if you can touch a little bit on some of the history and how we kind of got to where we are now. Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: There's that's, that's such a broad topic. Um, you know, history wise, there's the early um, Murphy's wave systems, which you see at typhoon lagoon. And uh, before that big surf in Arizona, which are just basically the plunger systems. You raise up water and uh, let it go. Yeah. that produces a wave and uh to, to varying degrees of surfability you know the uh, typhoon lagoon is fun um it's not great but it's there and uh pe- yeah You know, people enjoyed it, but there was always, um, I think, a lot in part due to artists like uh, Phil Roberts, who uh, drew these fantastic wave pools for Surfer magazine and uh, other publications. And, you know, back in the heyday of magazines, people would look at them and think, wow, that is possible. Wouldn't it be great if we could do this? And uh, that Kind of uh, fascination we have with the, the possibility of, of creating waves led to um, Wave Garden and their um, just tireless uh, experimentation uh, here in the Basque Country uh, trying to perfect that, um, perfect a, a wave creating machine throughout the uh, 2000s. And you know, at the same time, Bruce McFarland was going on with American Wave Machines, and Tom Loktefeld, uh with his, his creations. And then it wasn't until, uh, you know, Wave Garden came out with that first plow, and we started seeing uh, clips of the pond, and it was just, um, people are like, wow, this is a reality, this can actually happen. And then everyone went uh plow crazy. And we had Sir Snowdonia open up and Kelly introduced his plow system, um, which admittedly produced a much better wave and you know dropped the dropped his clip hours after Adriana D'Souza won the uh <laughs> world title. And yeah. um just uh drew the world's attention to that. And from there it's just uh it's just increased. Um I think there's been kind of a, uh, there was a plateau for a while between the plow system and then the cove system or the American wave perfect swell system or the surf lock, surf wave uh, or wave lock system. And... You know, people started getting uh, the more exposure people have to wave pools, the more time they spend in wave pools or just watching wave pools. Uh, someone will go, "Hey, wait a minute! That's only one wave every, you know, three minutes or something. <clears throat> How are you going to get people in that?" And then that's where Wave Garden came up with their cove design, and uh, that really opened opened the door to uh, being able to build something. Um, that's fun that's profitable that is you can adjust it you can change it uh for all levels of, of surfing
0: well so, you know um yeah brian if i can just chime in real quick uh, yeah because you brought up some fascinating stuff and i kind of want to dive in a little deeper but from yeah. my perspective there are sort of the big four in the space and you touched on them wave garden american wave machines uh, Surf Lock and, of course, Kelly Slater's Wave Company. Mm-hmm. Um, starting with Wave Garden, which is in your backyard, um, and you've touched on this a little bit, but can you tell me um, what is their technology? How do they make waves? Um, well, the, the technology through when you
1: get to, um, okay, you have, you have your plow system. Which we know is Kelly's, which we know is the original um, wave garden, uh, lagoon style, and there's a, also a company in the Netherlands in the Hague called Surf Pool that's using a plow system, which uh, we might see at the end of this year. So there's that, which is just, you know, running something down a track <clears throat> to push out a wave. Um, beyond that, when you have something like a Surf Lock, it's at one end, which in some ways resembles the old designs of, uh, of um, Big Surf, where instead of having the water come down in a plunger, you have air compression, jets, which is how um, American wave machines and surf lock generate waves. And uh, Wave Garden uh, uses these different chambers. So it's a modular unit, um and it's got little uh, levers in there that push out water and it's uh pretty complicated and they synchronize it all through software to tell which lever to move when and that will push out a wave um according to how they programmed it
0: so wave garden had started with a plow technology but now they're using this this for lack of a better phrase, I'm just going to say air compression. Is that, I mean, how uh, do they characterize their, their that newest technology?
1: Um, they, they would say levers, I guess. Levers. Yeah, yeah, levers that push it out. And, and that's um, the Cove. Yeah, and that's the Cove. And there are also other companies that are using that technology. And um, WaveGuard, uh, they got on my case because I had uh, po- posted a video from a, uh, you know backyard wave maker had <laughs> used uh the patents from their um their their patent submission to make an animation of his um, wave right. wave production and um yeah they were upset because it's like hey that's our our patent it's out there all of a sudden you know and um we re- actually run into that quite a bit
0: so that's fascinating. So there's there's guys that are sort of, for lack of a better phrase, backyard builders, mm-hmm. like backyard board builders, but they're backyard wave makers, yeah, um, wave pool creators, and they're grabbing patent information, they're grabbing technology from Wave Garden, and building simulations, hoping to get maybe some investors or whatnot. And mm-hmm. and Wave Garden's obviously not taking that, um, not too kindly to that. Um, what, uh, what's to come of that? Do you think, I mean, how do you think these patents got out there? Do you think that these backyard engineers just kind of like put two and two together and went, Hey, this must be how they are doing it. Like, how did they get the patent information? Does anyone know about that? Yeah, there's, um, I don't fully understand the patent
1: process, but from, from what I, think it's uh you submit your plans so the plans are posted there and um so people do have access to it they just can't build something using that right Um, so you can kind of put two and two together as more people have exposure to wave pools and more engineers are seeing what's been done like yeah. uh, if you were of a solid engineering background and you watched a wave garden cove produce waves you could probably figure out pretty quickly how it's doing that um when i went to uh the wave in bristol uh just last uh, last month before the whole covid thing they had um they have a a sheet covering where the wave lovers are over the over the fencing so uh, mm-hmm. as you paddle out there, you can't really see what's happening. <laughs> so it, it is secretive. Um, but at the same time, there's gonna, um, there are people with enough uh, know-how to create something. So they can build it. I recently got an email uh, saying, you know, someone can, for half a million dollars, they can uh, build a wave pool according to this one person's um, technology.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating. They're just, like you say, there's so many people in the space now. And I mean, I guess an NDA can only go so far. And and, and, mm-hmm. and I just think that, you know, a couple of engineers over a couple of beers just start talking and information gets out there. And it's fascinating, this arms race regarding <laughs> weight pool industry, because, you know, when you look back at, say, um, the Cold War and the arms race between the USSR and and the Western Alliance specifically the USA there was there was a real pride in keeping things secret and being the first and and this is a much wider open playing field with just really businessmen being businessmen yeah. and uh, it, it's that side of it is sort of fascinating and it's you know you could almost see like a some sort of uh, movie being created out of this similar to that Facebook movie um, social oh, yeah. network mm-hmm. But, um, so, but let's get back to WaveGarden, because what I'd like to do is sort of keep the big four in, in their categories for the listener's sake. So we okay. know their technology was Plow and is now a lever-based system. Um, and they have been in business for a long time. How long has WaveGarden been around? Oh, wow. I think
1: uh, I know definitely by 2005, but uh, possibly earlier. So at least 15 years.
0: And and can you give me a little bit of insight into who the people are behind the wave garden are they sir surf- I mean I <laughs> yeah. know they're surfers I know they're from Spain can you give us some guidance Yeah yeah it's uh Josema uh Odrilaza,
1: I butchered his name and uh Karen Frisch and uh, Karen's a German and Josema is Basque uh from Spanish Basque country and uh they're they're near an area called Zarutz, which uh, has has a thriving surf scene. Arutz Aramburu is from there, and um, it's just a rich, rich surf culture. And they uh, started working on this. And um, you know, in in terms of you know, you know, personally with with dealings, they're they're very much engineers. They're very logical. Yeah. Um, everything is like to the point, and uh, well. I remember one time I asked for, I wanted to do a story on Josema's kids because they're groms who've grown up surfing the uh, cove um, test facility, you know, so they're yeah. surfing in the ocean and surfing in the cove when they want to. So there's very, um, you know, it's it's something new, something exciting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, requesting, oh, yeah, we should do a profile and uh, I think the response was very much, Oh, well, there's no logical
0: point to doing that. You know, we're
1: making wave pools. <laughs> we're making this. There's so the sounds, kids being,
0: sounds like being they need into, a marketing manager over there. Um, I, I think so there it's, uh, all my,
1: every time I've come across them in that concept, it's been very, uh, very logical and very engineer. Are they
0: married or, or are they a couple? I, or they- I think
1: they're, uh, yeah, I believe they're a couple. Um, huh believe that
0: and how many of these wave garden installations have you surfed um just the, for as far as the cove goes
1: just the uh the one at bristol
0: so, and when you say bristol um i'm i want to say it, it's not melbourne but it's the, in europe right in england
1: yeah yeah the the Wave bristol is a cove design nick houndsfield uh, put that together and um it's it's really fascinating because Almost simultaneously, two full-size coves opened up, one in the Southern Hemisphere in Melbourne for urban surf and the other in Bristol,
0: uh, that's right. That's, that's Nick's. Right. That's Nick's installation. Yeah. That, I've, yeah. I apologize. That fell off my radar. Yeah. Nick was really excited about. It. And so that just opened like what five months ago, four months ago, or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And they've been doing a soft launch, so they've been getting everything kind of dialed in. And uh, it's really the contrast in surf cultures is is amazing. You have kind of the British um, learner set or intermediate set. Um, versus the kind of agro Aussie um, set of surfers, you know. So so the way Urban Surf presents their product and the way The Wave presents their product are, are very different.
0: Oh, that's interesting and good for them that they're smart enough to see their clientele and to sort of massage their marketing in that regard yeah yeah and
1: it's um it's funny because the the wave is uh, got let you know there's a core group of surfers in in the uk and they um the wave has gotten lots of uh backlash from core surfers who've wanted to have like higher settings you know and um while in australia you know i had a friend surf uh Melbourne, urban surf She's a pro surfer, and she, you know, she's like, oh, I did, I slammed the bottom a bunch of times, you know. So it's because they were running a, a pretty uh, high setting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, you know, it's almost even though it's the same technology, it's almost uh, apples and oranges as far as uh, surfing, surfing. So when
0: you right. surf Bristol, were you because I know you're you're an excellent surfer. Were you? Um, ah. <laughs> were you? Kind of hoping for a little bit more. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. When I went there, it was—it's they call it the advanced session. So um, when you look at it, it's you know it's just like a really fun day um, anywhere. Really fun, really fun wave. Yeah. But it's um, even though they call it advanced, if you look at the settings that they offer, it's right in the middle. So they have beginner, intermediate, advanced advanced plus and now expert so um in australia those same five settings would be you know what i surfed would be the kind of beginner intermediate
2: yeah
1: <clears throat> wave and that's based off the wave garden coves settings which are um, they have a malibu wave a waikiki wave a turns wave and tube waves so um they you know they can definitely turn it crank up the the volume. And, um, for whatever reason, whether it's the like kind of UK whinge culture or the lawsuit culture, they, uh, they've really, really, uh, eased into, uh, turning up the volume on their waves.
0: Well, wave garden certainly seems like, um, one of the first to market, if not the first to market. Um, and perhaps right behind them is number two of the big four, which is Bruce McFarland's American Wave Machines. Mm-hmm. Obviously, their most famous installation is the Barefoot Ski Ranch at Waco, Texas. And maybe you can tell me a little bit about their technology. How, how do they make waves?
1: Yeah, yeah. Their, um, their tech is uh, air compression, um, which, again, is synchronized through uh, really sophisticated software to um, propel Displace water with air pressure at in different places along uh, along the the concrete wall that you see there. So, um, so yeah, totally
0: different than the lever system that no, wa- well, uh, it's garden uses. Um,
1: the way the actual mechanics of how the wave it, how the water is displaced, yes, because it's air compression, not lever. Right, but. At the same time, it's, it's basically doing the same thing. It's displacing water at a predetermined sequence to create a desired wave.
0: Right, right. Um, and have you surfed the American wave machines? Have you been to Waco? Have you surfed one of no, these air, air pressure compression I, systems?
1: No, no, I haven't made it to Waco. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to doing that when things normalize.
0: And American Wave Machines seems to have um, look they because it's an arms race. There's a lot of marketing that's going on. Yeah. Um, and American Wave Machines suggests that they've installed a lot of a lot of these machines. Do you know any insight into how many AWMs are out there? How many of these perfect swells, which is their proprietary technology? Or in the yeah.
1: Well, I know they have, uh, you know, the one in New Jersey that they've uh, opened up, which uh, American Mall, which uh, was supposed to open last year and then it got delayed and then it was going to open mid-March and then uh, the COVID thing hit. But that's like a smaller version of what you see in Waco, but without the uh, wall. So um, I, I really can't wait to see it because it's, it's a bit different in that in that regard so they have the one in Waco the one in New Jersey and then the one in Japan that they're building is uh going to be larger than Waco from from what I understand wow and and that one they're already you know they started working on and that's supposed to be, was supposed to be open this summer so we'll see what what happens with that and then there's uh, a project here in France that's kind of uh, it, it's getting re- uh, pushed back from a group of people who are um, agriculture land rights group who have um, squatted on this land and they don't uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they 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 don't want a wave pool there wow. so yeah yeah it's pretty interesting oh yeah and then um, I think they're doing one in the desert too
0: yeah. Springs. then that brings us to and we'll get into some of those other situations I mean the politics of different regions and and such like that all that stuff's fascinating. I definitely want to touch on that yeah. but sticking with these cat these big four um, the third one is is surf lock. Tom Lochtefeld's technology. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you tell me about how Tom makes waves?
1: Yeah, Tom uses uh, air pressure. As well, and um, it's uh, more like a rectangular pool design. And out the one far back end, um, the air pressure will uh, create waves <clears throat> and push it around. Um, so similar to American wave machines, it's the waves are propelled. The water is displaced in the same uh, mechanical technique. And they um, and Tom's. It was it was really good to see. Uh, that his, his work will be at Palm Springs. And I think they also have something else planned at Palm Springs, but I'm not too sure. They're really hush-hush on that. Um, but, you know, for years we kept seeing artist renderings of uh, his work. You know, there was supposed to be something in Rotterdam and the Netherlands, uh, 2014. At one time, the wave in Bristol was entertaining surf lock technology around uh, 2014, around the same time. <clears throat> so now, five years later, his uh, his stuff's booming, and we're going to see a, a surf lock in uh, Costa del Sol in Spain, and then one uh, about 45 minutes north of Sydney,
0: Australia. It's, it's funny that you say booming, because if you do look at the space, and I, and I do I do watch it, it does seem like mm-hmm. there's a real um, surge for surf lock, where just a couple, three years ago, you're like, okay, yeah you know, Tom's done this thing before, but mm-hmm. and the picture and the pictures are nice, but nobody seems to be adapting, adopting the technology. But right now, Tom seems to be the uh, technology du jour. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think there's, um, as WavePool build are people who want to open a surf park and they need WavePool technology. Um, they're, they're more connoisseurs to, to what they need. They need uh, low energy cost, um, be able to accommodate a lot of surfers, and also pump out a lot of waves. And uh, I think his, his technology is meeting all of those requirements.
0: Well, that brings us to number four in, the, in what I would determine the big four, or maybe the only four at this point, and that's the Kelly Slater Wave Company. And we know that they have plow technology, and it's kind of fascinating when you look at this space, right? When I think mm-hmm. of plow technology, I think of ground swells long period, powerful waves. Mm. The other ones are more like windswell, like they're a little, they're maybe not as powerful. They're a little crumbly. Um, am I correct in my characterization? Um,
1: well, the, with the plow system, there's that weird, like you're surfing, and you wrote about this for us um, when you surfed inland. Um, there's that weird kind of getting pushed away from the fence <laughs> Right. sense, um, you know, unless it's like a Kelly Slater wave, you know, total barrel, both, both places, which you've served. Can I turn this over to you and get your,
2: your take yeah. on that? Sure, sure. What,
1: so man. how would um, inland compare to Kelly's both using similar plow? Oh.
0: Yeah. Inland in Austin, Texas, which for the listeners, that was a wave. Wasn't that a wave garden technology, their plow?
1: Yeah, it was the wave garden lagoon technology like you'll find at Surf Snowdonia.
0: And, you know, relative to Kelly's, the Austin, Texas um, experience was it was fun and it was a good workout. But Mm -hmm. in no way compared to what Kelly Slater's plow produces as far as, you know, Obviously, the length of the ride, the power of the ride, the the form of the wave. Kelly Slater Wave Company. In my opinion, when and I've surfed a lot of these waves. When it, when you when you break it all down, if you ha- if I had to pick one, it would obviously be the Kelly Slater Wave. That wave's from a from a riding viewpoint, uh, it's incredible. So that's the technology yeah. for me. Um, but 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 yeah. getting back to to the to these four. Um, wave Garden, American Wave Machines, Surf Lock, and the KS Wave Company.
1: Let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw a wrench in here and suggest a yeah. fifth, which yes. is uh, Surf Lakes, the uh, okay. plunger out of Yapoon in uh, Australia, which um, is just that. It's that magnificent. I think Stab Magazine called it the Mad Max um, wave pool, where they just have uh, this giant central plunger that pushes out waves you know like a a stone dropped in a pond and um that swell that radiates outward meets a series of uh, reefs to create different breaks everything from a slab to like a gentle uh, point break and um i i really like that technology i think it's like uh you know it's it's australian in the same way acdc is it's big (laughs) it's fun it's it's there you can uh you know, it's, uh, there's something incredibly attractive about it. Um, you get to the finer points, you know, is it uh, the most energy efficient? Is it the most reliable? We don't really know. Um, but it has heaps of potential. And um, I, 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 I'd like to see it um, more places. I know there's a place in the UK that's planning on using it. Um, there's rumored to be one in the U S um, again, the company really hush hush about this, but, huh. um, I, I know it tends to be more expensive than the other, uh, technologies, but it's just bigger and bolder in a lot of ways. So, um, if a developer wants to go big and bold, which I don't know, there, you know, there's a, a, a place for that. Um, then, you know, you can, you have uh, a lakeshore for, you know, people that camp and, uh, hang out at the beach all day. It's really interesting. There's also, um, another, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to
0: ju- jump No, this in. is fine. This is good. This is why you're here. To <laughs> fill me in. Okay. But
1: the, um, the, the other thing is that with in the midst of COVID-19 is that once this is all over and, uh, the, the world, you know, struggles to find its, its legs again and, um, a lot of governments are gonna be injecting uh, cash into projects to uh, to build, you know, say so hire construction workers, to staff, so you have people working something, and then also to create a space where people um, want to go. And um, on that model, I think the surf lakes, because it's attracts, um, can attract more. Like you build a wave garden cove and you've got, you know, so many people working there. Um, but it's just like one small area. So this is like the big uh, way to do that. There, But I I think post-COVID, um, I, I hope to see some, some government funding for, for wave pools, similar to how uh, communities used to fund skate parks.
0: Well, as you know, China did come online with a surf pool, with a wave pool. And yeah. I don't think anyone's really sure where they got the technology or what the technology. <laughs> it obviously looks like something between Wave Garden's plow at Austin and the mm-hmm. Kelly Slater Wave Company in Lemoore. Uh, yeah. Do you have any insight on, on how that was built or who built it or? No, that, that one's. one's a <laughs> ripoff.
1: Yeah, that, that one's just a mystery. Um, we called it the ghost ship for a long time because there was just nothing, he didn't know anything about it. It has, it has an official um, name which is, uh, the, uh, uh, something athletic center. And it's, it, it kind of, when you look at it, it's funny cause you look at it and, and you think like, okay, if I looked at Kelly Slater wave company and, um, the wave garden plow, then this is what I would build. It's just, uh, a little, it's, it's a little unsightly, but it works. Um, it's an incredibly large plow to produce what we've seen so far has been a Really small waves, um, you know, small kind of burgery waves. But um, it's there. They built it. You know, congratulations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it must have been a situation, and I'm just riffing here, but, you know, China's got tons of money. They're a communist nation. They can throw a lot of money at national sporting uh, mm-hmm. events and teams and facilities. And and I'm assuming they just watched videos of Kelly Slater's wave and just Got the brightest minds in China, engineering minds, and said, "You know, make this, you know, or suffer mm-hmm. the consequences." <laughs> no, and but they it, just um, sat down and they powered it out and they got it done. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, it cycles back to how
1: um, the more wave pools we see, uh, the more people get insight into how they work, and uh, the more confident people are to attempt it and to build something. And um, it just keeps uh, moving toward, like we were talking about earlier, the, the backyard pool developer. Um, where I don't know, Scott, if, if I gave you twenty million dollars, could you build a wave pool?
0: I could certainly hire the <laughs> hire the, the amount of people necessary to create a simulation. At which point, I'd probably need investors to actually build the real deal. But okay,
1: yeah, that's right. Artist rendering or rendering or, artist renderings are basically free in this space where
0: i would give so. phil roberts a million bucks just to draw me something up <laughs>
1: i know isn't this stuff great and it's, it's so awesome. uh yeah yeah it's just part of our it's uh, you know for all surfers of a certain age it's in our our collective uh, unconscious there
0: so you brought up something interesting which is this idea that with the olympics and with these nation states at some point needing to um, bring in some, some technology and build facilities for their Olympic teams. Um, One of these is probably should win out. In other words, let's say that we're having the Olympics in Prague and, and the wave that they have in Prague is going to be the Kelly Slater wave company wave. Well, if your Olympic team is in say, you know, pakistan mm-hmm. and you're practicing on an american wave machine air compression system totally different than riding the wave at kelly slater's wave company you're not really getting the proper training for the olympics in prague if you've got a different technology
1: yeah yeah well two things um you know we'll, we'll see that happens with that one is if uh, wave pools do become an olympic surfing venue you know that's yet to be seen. The last they voted that down for Japan, and they voted that down. When I say they, I mean the IOC for Paris as well in 2024. But um, depending on your your country's budget, you know there's going to be a Kelly Slater wave pool beyond Lemoore. Uh, inland is inland is being converted to one. Uh, Japan will have one. Uh, Palm Desert will have one. So there'll be a few more out there, and if uh, you know, you're, say you're Monaco, you can, (laughs) and you're, you're a wealthy country, you could send your Olympic team there to train at, you know, and rent the facility for 55,000 a year.
0: Yeah. That actually makes more sense from a, from a budgetary standpoint, just send your team to where the technology is instead of building the technology.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, so we'll start to see. Yeah. I wonder if that would happen if, well, we, we probably see that now. The wealthier countries have the resources to uh, to better train their, their athletes.
0: Which do okay. you think makes for the best Olympic playing field? Which of these technologies do you think from an end user standpoint, from, from both a consumer, a guy who wants to watch the Olympics uh, from that vantage point and from the, the mm. athlete's vantage point?
1: Yeah, I would say um, you need to mix it up because uh, the WSL event at Kelly's is is not fun to watch. And so you would need to go to um, where it's mixed up, like the Stab High event in Waco, where yeah. they alter the wave. That's that's amazing. Um, you could even program it to, be, to have different, you know, have an air section, be a tube wave and such. But again, if you really want to think Big and fun. You could go to, um, you know, like a Surf Lakes facility, and with the different peaks they have, you had okay. Here's a heat on the slab. Here's a heat on the point break. Here's a heat on the peak. So you could even uh, cycle through that way. So it would be different breaks uh, within the same wave pool.
0: Yeah, the Surf Lakes is fascinating. It, it, you know, if you were to like sit down on in in your math class. <laughs> while you're bored to draw the perfect situation, you might draw yeah. something like that up. Yeah. But when you think about it from, um, you know, pragmatic standpoint, yeah, it, it's, it, it would, I mean, it's super proprietary. In other words, if you built one somewhere else, you'd have to have your engineers on an NDA. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the thing breaks, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how you could fix it. It's, isn't it, it I mean, isn't the concrete poor something, like yeah it's super deep like it's, it's like five parking trucks <laughs> underground or something
1: yeah yeah it's uh, really deep i don't know how much exactly but um you know they did have issues with uh, the first one they built when they ran it and then it broke there was a big uh, the con rod is what they called it <clears throat> and that's the arm that goes from the the engine to the big plunger um you know that had broken so then they built a stronger con rod and uh you know, you, it, no one sends out a, I don't know how that's going. Uh, no one sends out a press release about their failures. So uh, we just have to assume that it's all going well. Um, but yeah, it does pra- practical, uh, in a practical sense, it, it does present more challenges. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's really kind of lovable in a way.
0: <laughs> no, it is. It is. It's fascinating. And it, it brings up something for me that I want to ask you about, which is, um, a few years ago, I met with, um, the guys at, uh, surf park central mm-hmm. surf park summit. John
2: and, I told, and Jess
0: I told him what the, what they need to do is create a hall of fame. They need to <laughs> immediately create a hall of fame. And, and I think the first guy that they should in, induct into that hall of fame is Andy up there in, in the UK. Um, uh, Andy
1: Higgins.
0: Was he the one that was the first to market? Yes. Yes. He Um, just for having the balls to be the first to market, to open up his his, um, wave pool, you know, his basically his, his family's farm. They turned mm -hmm. it into a wave pool and he really rolled the dice. And I, I told those guys, this is the guy that needs to be the first inductee into the hall of fame, into the wave pool hall of fame, because he, like I said, he really put it all out there. He laid it on the line and he said, cause everyone was, as you know, everyone was afraid to be first market. Everyone was sitting and waiting, right? To see somebody get into the marketplace and to watch him fail and then to learn from his failures. And then maybe they would move forward. And he was the only guy that had the balls to go, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm going in. And I think he should be, um, uh, you know, he should get some kudos for that and he should be, um, inducted. But my question to you, my long formed question here is, mm-hmm. Who do you think should be inducted into uh, the Wavepool Magazine Hall of Fame? Oh,
1: man, there's uh, whew, that's tough because there are all these people uh, kind of working separately, you know, to uh, to pursue the dream. Definitely, the you know, there's like a top five, um, <clears throat> and that's going to be everything from you know Karen and Hoseima at Wavegarden to. Um, you know Bruce McFarland and Tom Lothropeld, and then uh, Aaron Travis from from Surf Lakes, and of course uh, uh, of course Andy from uh, from Surf Snowdonia. So yes. and then also Nick Hounsfield. So so pretty much everyone. And then there are the guys from uh, from Urban Surf. You know Andrew Ross sunk three years of his life into that too, um, to to make a a public facing park. I guess you could argue that's different. That's, that's more profit-based. But as far as like someone getting up in the morning and, you know, out in, uh, out in the mud, working on their machine to, to make this happen, that would have to be uh, Aaron Travis, Hoseima, and Karen. <clears throat> and the, uh, you know, to, I don't know, I guess Bruce McFarland was uh, stuck away in a, a warehouse, uh, as was Tom, looked, felt, so... It's not quite as uh, dramatic, the imagery, as someone out in the field, uh, you know, working on machinery or pulling a, a plow through a pond with a tractor.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. You, you brought in some, um, you know, the, basically these waves in the desert. The, the, the desert, talk about an arms race. <clears throat> the desert here in California, um, there's all sorts of stuff happening out there yeah one of them is the and we'll just start with this one which is desert wave ventures at the desert willow golf course in palm desert and mm-hmm. i think it's called dsrt um, mm-hmm. what do you know about this
1: that's the uh group josh kerr's a part of that a lot of ex pros are are a part of that um it's it looks real promising it's wave garden Cove technology i believe john Luff from Surf Park Central's part of that um, as well. And that looks like it's going to be a cool mixed-use resort. Um, it also brought to the world's attention that, uh, you know, wave pool doesn't use as much water as a golf course, which is a tremendous thing going forward if you're uh, planning a development that where water is an issue. And um, that will be... Really key. The desert east of Los Angeles is amazing. It's like a microcosm of the whole <clears throat> wave pool world. You have uh, Tom Loeb technology. You, ha- also have, um, Kelly technology. Um, you also have Kelly Slater technology. You also have. Let me just double check a, a note here. Um, yeah, the Wave Garden Code. You got Kelly's. Uh, the possibly American wave. Machines and um, where
0: yeah, where a- red- and where where does AWM have a have a build? Do you know? This, I'm suspecting it would be for
1: the Thermal Surf Club, ah. which is out there. Yeah. Um, I I have to bear That's that's not right. verified. Right. But um, that's that's the that, that's the word. I'll
0: probably so, get. So so this DSRT one, um, it's being. There's a gentleman named Doug Shears here in Southern California near me, mm-hmm. and he's um, he's a partner in this. And he, he said in a press release or in a news release that they have the exclusive license for wave garden technology. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what that means. Does that mean that um, if they implement the technology in the desert that there can be no other wave garden machine within a certain mile radius of theirs. I wonder what that license includes. Do you have any insight on the exclusive license for wave garden hmm. technology?
1: Not, not as far as like what I, I, I'd imagine each um, license is a bit different. The uh, first one would be um, I know that with uh, Urban Surf in Australia, they have the license for Australia. That's pretty simple. It's big. It's a country. It's an island. Um, so I get that. But within uh, more condensed territories like uh, the U.S. or even Europe um, and the U.K., the Wave they have um, they are partnering with Wave Garden. They they they're opening one in London and they're looking around other places in Europe to open them. So they have some kind of licensing structure there. Um, Hosema and, and Karen are are really smart in terms of light uh, licensing. They know that they can, um, you know, give someone the license, give them the blueprints, and sell that basically. And the the consumer, whoever is developing the wave park, knows that they'll have a proven technology that will produce x amount of waves, and um, they can you know turn that around and have a viable product for the. For the public so I think that's what licensing is I don't I don't have any hard stats about a hundred mile radius or yeah statewide
0: well DSRT um, is certainly uh, you know they sort of I, I want to say they sort of brought up the most dust in the desert if you will when they sort of announced mm-hmm. their deal and right on the heels of that sheen Magnuson and um, some other guys Mm-hmm. Um have this development called the Pono Group, which is the Palm Springs Surf Club. Mm-hmm. And this also is in the California Desert in the Coachella Valley there near Indio, where the Coachella music mm-hmm. festival is. And that is a surf lock technology. That's Tom Lochtefeld's surf lock technology. And they have already created a wave. They you can go and see guys riding that wave right now.
1: Yeah. And it's um, yeah, and th- and that's really exciting. Uh, Shane's pro- project, you know, because he came from BSR, because um, he was there. He was the surf manager, and then when he was refurbishing the old Wet and Wild, um, which is just uh, w- which sets a, a great precedent for the potential for revamping um, water parks nationwide. You know, you've got these old faded fiberglass structures. Um, at various places that were water parks from their heyday, which uh, you know have uh, have seen better days, now can become wave pools. And Shane, like uh, Andy Anskow, he was the the guy from uh, Surf Snowdonia. His last name's Anscow. I'd given the wrong name. But now these places, um, water parks, can be transformed into into surfable uh, facilities. And Shane was was uh you know you got to hand it to him he's he did that he's he saw the potential and um got it going
0: are they going to pour a separate pool i know as you mentioned they, they did a <laughs> they did a reef a retro you know they basically did a refab on an existing pool do you think they're going to pour new concrete at the palm spring surf club um i think so that's my hunch
1: uh for a couple reasons just uh from uh you know, just, just from whispers, you know, what people say. And also yeah. because they spent a hell of a lot of money on that place.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, more than it would cost to, you know, dig a hole and put in a wave garden cove. So think- I, I think there will, there will be something else there besides the wave, you know, we all saw in Dylan Graves uh, right. video.
0: Right. Yeah. Do you think that when these development companies out in the desert, hear about, oh, Kelly's you now Kelly Slater Wave Company is building something. And oh, mm-hmm. there's this other. Do you think that they feel pressure? Do you think that they're like, oh, we, we're, we're now we're going to have to up our game. Let's go back to the board and talk about what we really need to do to compete.
1: <laughs> That's so funny you mentioned that, Scott, because I remember, um, you know, there there's uh, like think back to uh, when all the surf bags went digital, you know, everyone was like, um, I remember talking to Marcus Sanders from Surfline, and, uh, he had mentioned surfer magazine going, going digital and, uh, how competitive, uh, he, he felt with you. And he finally said he, in the conversation, he said, well, you know, all boats rise with the tide. Yeah. So I think, um, similar to like you and I experienced that in our, our respective, uh, careers, the, the wave pools in the desert uh will have something similar.
0: Well let's be clear, my floundering boat at Surfer Mag <laughs> rose <laughs> with Surfline. It wasn't the way around. Those guys oh, okay. were the leaders <laughs> and they continue to be the leaders. So uh.
1: <laughs> okay, now, I just remember him, yeah telling me telling me that story.
0: The the KS Wave Company, they've announced that they're building a massive development 150 room luxury hotel 600 private residences Mm -hmm. adventure sports and the largest 18 million gallon wave pool the largest ever the coral mountain wave basin construction is expected to begin in early 2021 they've got um kelly's friend uh one of the sons of Charles Schwab, I forget his first name. Now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've got some major development mojo behind them. Like these guys are legit. Not that the other ones aren't, but these guys are, I mean, when they put their flag in the ground out here uh, in the desert, it was kind of, I imagine that the other guys were like, oh man. So mm-hmm. we shall see if, um, if, you know, everybody's tide gets risen here. The Kelly Slater mm. Wave Company in the desert, what are your thoughts? What what insight do you have on this other than what I've just mentioned? Um, the, Kelly, you know, it's funny. Out of all the wave pools, um,
1: technologies that are out there, everyone has a – I've got a, a great relationship with all of them. There's uh, a lot of give and take of information. Um, you know, it's pretty – it's open as much as it can be, but Kelly Slater Wave Company is the one that is, uh, you know, Fort Knox. They're just, <laughs> I never hear back from them. I've never had an end to, uh, yeah. to the Kelly Slater Wave Pool, While Wave Garden, Surf Lock, American Wave Machines, um, have, have been, and Surf Lakes have, you know, have been great and really, uh, you know, forthcoming and, and, and friendly. But the um Kelly Slater Wave Company, it's you know, will there'll be a market for that. I think there's enough wealth in California as as you know to yeah. support something like that. So um, you know, that'll happen. Um I'm interested to see how how they work the wave, you know, if you if you do it like a tea time, like oh I've got my my morning wave at 815. Um, you know the eight, 18 <laughs> slot, you know, cause it comes every, what, three minutes, um, you know, was booked. So, you know, that's how, if you live in one of these developments, you start your day with, uh, with a 45 second ride.
0: Yeah. I I'm, I'm fascinated by this more than any of the others because I sense that they're going to build something like Lemoore but much grander, much mm-hmm. bigger with perhaps more waves per you know, minute or whatever it is per five minutes. I think there's one wave every four minutes now out there mm. in Lemoore. And, um, and I imagine that they're going to try to ramp that up, that this pool is going to be huge, that there's yeah. going to be different features. Um, but it is a plow technology. So we know that it, it's, it, you know, it is what it is, you know, so is it just mm-hmm. going to be a bigger version of that? Are we going to get eight foot Kelly Slater plow waves that are just going to be mind blowing? And so I'm. I mean, all eyes. We can't wait to see this thing go down.
1: Yeah, yeah. It'll it'll be interesting because I know they've made a lot of tweaks to Lamore, So that's pretty much the height of it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it would really serve them well if they if they had another like uh, air compression cove type uh, technology. They could run as well.
0: You know. I agree with that. That would be smart to have two yeah. different versions like a back nine and a front nine
1: totally yeah you'd have like your your long you know a-list wave and then your um just jump in the water and have fun wave
0: now you mentioned the thermal beach club here's another thing out here in the desert um -hmm. riverside county is what i'm reading a 21 acre lagoon with surrounding villas on a four square mile coal ranch property this is the property that's being developed, the Thermal Beach Club. I don't have any mm-hmm. more insight into this, but you were suggesting perhaps American Wave Machines is involved here.
1: Yeah, and I forget exactly where that technology or where that information um, came from. I must have seen it on a press release, you know, uh, a lot of these, um, the Desert Sun is a local paper that does a great job of covering all the uh, wave pools in the deserts yeah so they're usually the first ones to break a story and um, it might have come through there I can look it up and, and find out um, off the top of my head though I don't uh, I don't remember but it, it does look like it's American wave machines and um, I don't think I'd put that there unless uh, there was there was some kind of evidence
2: you
0: know? Yeah. And then as we, as we move, obviously the desert here in California is just, it's, it's blowing up and it it, it truly is. Uh, it's going to be mm-hmm. interesting to see how this all unfolds and it's unfolding as we speak. Yeah. In Australia, the urban surf, as you know, in Melbourne opened up a wave garden cove and there's mm-hmm. tons of footage of that uh, online. And And you mentioned that urban surf has the the license for Wave Garden Technology throughout Australia, and they're planning on mm-hmm. building a, a something in Sydney.
1: Yeah, yeah, they have a location in Sydney that they're working on, and um, that has to go through. You know, it's um, th- that's one of the things where where Shane Magnuson did really well was uh, it's a lot easier to convert something that's already there than to dig a hole and get permitting for something that isn't there yet. Because he have a whole host of issues to um, to to entertain and I know um, urban surf and a- after dealing with uh, Andrew Ross he's like he's one of those super smart super on it people you know who, who we all kind of strive to like oh, I wish I, I wish I was that quick mentally and yeah. <laughs> you know on top of it like that but he um, you know he's he's behind urban surf and they have something going um they, they had planned to have something in Perth in Western Australia and it was pretty much um, set the you know they had a an agreement the, the council was like okay we're all for this idea but then uh, the neighbors um, you know just just a handful of, of wealthy neighbors were able to to shut it down because they didn't want it in their in their neighborhood uh, Wow. So, um, yeah, as other things go and, and and you know how it goes you never you never really know about those projects. No one wants a uh, a factory or, or a football stadium in their backyard. Um, yeah. but at the same time you you wonder how much is the public good versus uh, you know the private ownership uh, rights <laughs>
0: And and it's so fascinating because it's so it changes the politics of each nation state. And even within each nation state, each little community, um, I see here that consolidated properties led by a gentleman named Don O'Rourke has confirmed plans for a 100 million surf ranch on the Sunshine Coast. So Kelly Slater's wave company in -hmm. partnership with the World Surf League is putting in one of the KS wave company waves in uh, Coulomb. Up in, yes. uh, on the yes. Sunshine Coast, where I believe um, uh, Julian Wilson is from.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's his hometown. Um, that one, yeah, has got, I think Beach Grid has just gone to town with that one.
2: <laughs> oh, really?
1: <laughs> Have it, yeah, just having fun. Because um, it, it, it's very much, uh, it's, yeah, 100 million. I mean, what could you do? You know, with 100 million, what could you build? That would give you a good return, you know. I mean, yeah. a wave Waypool is one thing, but would condos be a better investment? You know, um, a theme park—it's uh—it's it, pretty amazing. But it. How about uh, a
0: COVID nineteen vaccine? That would be good. <laughs> that if if
1: our if our system worked that way, where the money went towards uh yeah people and health, then that would be wonderful. I would love to see a vaccine
0: come out of that. but well, um, last but not least the US-based um, Tom Lockville Surflock wave system I don't know if you know about this one um, mm-hmm. but he has plans for a wave park on the Hawkesbury River in outer western Sydney.
1: Yeah yeah that's um, northwest of Sydney uh, about 45 minutes and that one is going to be like a resort development. So, um, I, you know, they're, they're not too specific. And part of that is uh, it's hard to grasp exactly what they mean by that. But I like to, to kind of visualize like, a uh, a day spa with, with surfing, <laughs> you know, you get magnetic stones and a steam treatment and then, uh, jump in the pool for a few waves.
0: Perfect. Some <laughs> cucumber water. <laughs> yes
1: lemon wedges, whatever. (laughs) I don't know. What, what is, I I've been here in France for five years, so I'm, I'm definitely missing the, uh, California kind of edge fruits and nuts, uh, health treatments. Like what's happening now, Scott, (laughs) what is popular? (laughs)
0: Uh, that's a great question. Um, I would suggest it's more of the same, you know, um, avocado toast and, Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. cucumber water. Nothing's really changed that much. Or, okay. I, or I'm not on the cutting edge. I simply don't know. <laughs> okay, I know kombucha is
1: uh, making a big thing, but um, yeah, it's yeah, it hasn't hasn't hit this town. We we just see you know you go into the store and it's uh, meat, lots of meat from different animals.
0: <laughs> have you have you heard um. And I'll just end with this: What do you think the, the COVID nineteen the coronavirus uh, pandemic is doing for some of these businesses that are up and running, like Urban Surf and like um, Andy Surf Nodonia? Yeah, yeah. It's... And Waco. Do you think that we're going to see bankruptcy? God forbid. Or are we are these people going to be able to hang in there? I I don't.
1: I, I don't see anyone going under because the investment to get it up and built uh, was so great that a few, you know, two months of lost revenue, I hope wouldn't kill uh, something like this. But then that brings up the whole thing. If, if, if someone does go out of business, um, you know, someone else picks up the, the space, um, you know, they're not going to build a a Target or a Costco there, um, you know, it's still going to be a wave pool. <clears throat> I don't, um, again, it's it's like the investment secrecy surrounding the wave pools.
2: Yeah.
1: But I, I would, ass- I, I would assume there, there's enough strength to, to make it through this. And if there isn't, that there are um, uh, business There's business support from the government. And again, most of these wave pools are in places like, um, you know, in the UK, the wave uh, should have government support because the way it's structured is um, it's more streamlined to make that happen. Uh, Same with Australia, Uh, Texas. It's, you know, still government wise, a little bit of the Wild West. So I don't know how much support there is for um, for Waco and BSR. Um, I know they had planned on opening April six, and and they very much want to, but
0: uh, yeah, that's that's tough. I think Waco's a bit of an outlier, actually. I think that that guy, that gentleman, I forget his name, but um, I think he owns that property outright, and yeah, he's gonna be, he's going to be fine with okay. or without. You know, he, there's no, I don't think there's. He just had a pool, and he's like, why not throw? The, I think he's got plenty of money. I, I'm sensing mm-hmm. that he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And some of these other ones that I'm concerned with, these guys. They like I said, they they you know, they they had the balls to to kind of, you know, get into the marketplace and, and it's a new yeah. marketplace and no one really knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I I hope that they can all hang in there and and, and be prosperous. Yeah.
1: And it's not, you know, and it's it's not just wave pools. It's yeah, it's everyone. It's like, I mean, are are you gonna be able to do your boardroom show this year?
0: Yeah, well, we're planning on September 26th and 27th. So okay, so know, you postponed yeah. it. Yeah, okay. we, we have a postponement date, yeah.
1: Okay, and the same with Surf Park Summit. They moved to October. So, yeah, everyone's hoping um, the economy is not dead by then. So.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We, I, I, we need testing. Testing, testing, and more testing.
1: Yeah, I know. I, I was thinking about that because uh, we watched Macron speak. And, uh, you know, he said we're we're shut inside for another month, basically, but um, that there would be testing. And maybe I missed something, but why isn't there testing?
0: That's a great question. No one knows, but we do know this, that the economy without widespread, massive testing and testing infrastructure Mm -hmm. and the ability to test and to trace and to isolate, there will be no economic bounce back. So if all of us who everyone wants and life to get back to normal we should all be pushing for massive testing Mm -hmm. widespread and free until that happens we simply won't be able to bounce back
1: yeah yeah that that makes sense and what we're um,
0: lacking is leadership
1: yeah there's it's yeah it's it's tough there's because everyone's spirit you know you look through you look through your instagram feed you talk to friends i've been checking in on friends more than i ever have and um, it's just, you know, everyone wants this to, to go the right way and everyone's doing what they need to do. So, uh, yeah, it is time for our government leaders to to step in, too.
0: Well, Brian, thanks so much for your time. Brian Dickerson, the executive director. I just named you the executive <laughs> director of Wavepool Magazine. Thank you so much for being on the show and thank you for your your generous time when I visited France, you were such a great host and you took me all around and, uh, and, uh, I really appreciate you being here. Thank it was,
1: you. Yeah. It was great having you, Scott. Cause every time someone visits, it's, um, I, I get to see it again, you know, from yeah. uh, a new perspective and, you know, things that I thought were strange when I first got here, like kissing people on the cheeks, um, you know, taking two hours to eat lunch. Um, I, I, I've become acclimated to, so. I need visitors to remind me that this is a unique place in the world.
0: Well, it absolutely is, Brian. And again, thank you so much. And uh, I really appreciate you being on the Boardroom Podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure Thanks, Scott. Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: Okay.